The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to my show, The Power of Water, Environmental Changes and Your Health. I am Sharon Kleina. The founder and research director of Biologic Aqua Research. I have been in water research for well over two decades, close to 30 years. I discovered over a decade ago, two decades ago, maybe three, that there was something happening on our planet, and very few people on our planet are realizing there is a water crisis. I think when you're every day listening to the news about what's happening in California, and around the world, there is a water crisis. But there's also, because there's a water crisis, a crisis of your air, the breath of air you're breathing. It's too dry. When the water table has lowered and uh, below the surface of the earth, there's not enough moisture on the surface to give you the moisture. Indoor conditions are absolutely, I call it a pit. Insulated windows, walls, forced air heating and cooling, chemistry in your fabrics, all cause dry air. You're indoors more commonly, so therefore, you do not have enough moisture to breathe and for your body to breathe every day and and give you the immunity protection. Something you need to understand, and the show we'll be teaching with our special guests, is dehydration. The word dehydration of your body, the word dehydration of yourself, causes toxin. And if you cannot expel the toxin from out of the body every single day, you do not have the immunity protection to fight the diseases, the problems of the air. You're finding that out with the swine flu and other contagious diseases that are happening every year and getting worse. Isn't it strange that, we're all, that, that research has come so far and yet they still cannot prevent some of these diseases that are just rampant and out of control? I think it's because I personally believe that research will prove in time that we're so dehydrated that our bodies are too dry. That is something to learn in our classroom, is the moment you were born, you entered in the air you breathe from the pocket of water, and that you became dry for the first time in nine months. You were living in your mother's water. Then you entered into the air you're going to live in for the rest of your life called you must breathe moisture. Moisture is water. It isn't a cream. It isn't a gel. It isn't a lotion of lotion. It's water. It's moisture. You must be drinking 8 to 10 glasses of water a day. Take it serious if you want to detoxify and, and escape maybe the flu and all of the, so many of the diseases. The exciting part of our, our show is we bring on people that are professionals and different people have mission statements to talk to you about. They're dedicating their life to health 
proactive education to better health. And today, for example, we have Kiyoti Mema, who is a Ph.D. Director of Education and Training with LifeWater International. Our second guest, Alan, Alan Smith, author, is his book is his book topic is Unbreak Your Health. In other words, let's take better care of your health. You know, we're getting this uh, uh, enormous uh, controversy on health insurance and health and national health insurance and more and all the costs that are going on, uh, not only in our country, but all over the world. Did you know that if you took better care of your health every day, that you may not need to go to the doctor as commonly and your health insurance, all the health insurances, probably the premiums would go down. But it's the individuals who probably don't take as good a care of their health every day that have caused situations for health insurances to go skyrocketing because they believe that the health insurance will take care of it and they don't have to be concerned. That is not true. You are in control of your own health. You must learn how to be healthier. Now, there are situations we all know that unforeseen. I didn't mean to say you are in control. I meant to say you can be more proactive. If you think there's something wrong, be proactive and learn more about how to, to protect your health or be in better control, a better, better, more proactive health plan. So let's, let's think about it. Come to our classroom. Pretend like you're in a research lab here and learning more. What you hear from us, go study and learn more. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing the eye with water, with just a mist, with the eyes that are dry. There's several millions of people that have a dry eye complaint and allergies and problems of the eyes. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only method of all natural with just a mist. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Kyoti. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Today we have Kyoti Memi. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it correctly. He's a PhD, He's Director of Education and Training with Life Water International. Are you with us, Kyoti? I am here, and my name is Kenoti. Kenoti. And uh, 
my last name is Meme. Meme. Yes. And you're Dr. Meme. Yes. Okay. Would you like us to call you Kioti or Dr. Meme? Dr. Meme will do just fine. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for joining us, and uh, I'm excited about your background. Tell us a little bit about you and how you got involved with LifeWater. Well, thank you, Sharon, for inviting me to be on your show. Uh, first of all, uh, just to say what you do is, uh, is, is excellent and something that needs to be done, and people need to hear this message more because I think we have uh, big needs in the world, and water is one of those that we need to care about. It's a crisis. It is a crisis, and uh, really excited that you you're doing this. And uh, we uh, on the on the side of uh, water development, Life Water International uh, believes that every uh, that water is uh, almost a human right. I know we, when I use those words, some people might fringe, but uh, it's really we can't live without water. And so, uh, water being the foundation of life. Uh, and one that helps contribute to one's good health hygiene and economic stability for the world. Well, you're right uh, about the higher plan of this planet. All life on Earth should have water. And we are responsible for generations to come to make sure it is for eternity and there is plenty of water, safe water, and sanitation. So you're right. Uh, Isn't it strange? KOT, how they're not looking at this as a crisis. Uh, research is doing everything it can, I know, but the individuals on Earth are not, everything else is more important than the water to them? Yes. Well, uh, let me, uh, you know, before we go too far into the discussion, let me introduce myself because you asked me to. Yes. Um, I was born and brought up in a uh, rural uh, community in Kenya, uh, the northern part of uh, the country. It was a very uh, beautiful area, well served by rivers from Mount Kenya, for those who might know the geography of that area, mm-hmm. and um, really didn't have much problems getting water. Only that we had to go down to the river to get it to our homes. And between getting the water from the river and into the house and using it, uh, sometimes we ended up uh, contaminating the water and so yeah. sick. And as I grew up uh, through that experience and, uh, and then from the rural countryside type lifestyle to the city and seeing the struggle with the need for water in the cities, it, it was a desire for me to work uh, towards making that, um, you know, meeting some of those needs. Now, when you were young, living in your uh, village there, um and the families, did the children have to go, could some of the children go to school or just have to carry the water during the day? Uh, most of us went to school, but we had to wake up very early in the morning, uh, okay. like 6 a.m. in the morning, go down to the river, which was about, for, for my family at least, was about half a mile. Mm-hmm. Go one way, half a mile. One carry way. the water for the day. Carry water for the day. That's what we use for breakfast. Uh, for making breakfast, and we also use that to clean ourselves up and then mm-hmm. to school. And mm-hmm. then after school, we'll do a similar round of going down mm-hmm. to the river and picking up water for use in the evening. Right. So uh, uh, not many people, uh, in my community at least, and uh, could not go to school because of lack of water. But, of course, there was always that handed uh, 
burden mm-hmm. to do extra work in order to be able to. As you know, the statistics, um, 1.4 million children die every year from diarrhea caused because of unclean water and poor sanitation. That's 4,000 children a day dying. Hand washing uh, is not a, they don't think about it because there's not the water. Yes, and uh, UNICEF put the number actually to about 4,500 children dying every day. Yes. And uh, estimating that if there was access to safe water and there was access to uh, washing hands and soap, those kind of things can reduce uh, those deaths by almost 600,000 in a year. Primarily, people are dying of diarrhea and, and bacteria in the water, parasites in the water, than any other disease. Is that possibly correct? It is, it is fairly correct, and uh, one of the, you know, there are several things connected with water, and that's why Life Water International focuses not just on water access, you know, getting safe water, but it's also talking about, uh, we, we talk about uh, how you use that water. So from the point of source, mm-hmm. making sure people have the access, mm-hmm. but also the point of use. Uh, mm-hmm. making sure that the usage of that water is not contaminated either by fecal material or mishandling mm-hmm. it in any one way or Now, does your organization go in and um, provide the, make sure they have the wells for the water? What is your organization's, uh, what are the goals besides stressing water, but do you go in and make sure that they have safe water? Yes. We do what we call holistic wash, wash meaning water sanitation and hygiene. We, uh, as an organization, believe strongly that uh, water development is really about both getting the water to the people or people getting access to the water. Now, are you trying to get it closer to, are they digging the wells and making sure that they're the safety of the wells or what is your, what are you doing? We do mainly well development. Okay. So, and especially shallow well development Mm -hmm. because it's a, it's a easier process. Uh, it's not as expensive as the other methods of water access. Mm-hmm. We also teach the children, the people uh, in the communities to mm-hmm. protect any kind of water sources that they have. Mm-hmm. So when you think of spring protection or catchment areas, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I must make the distinction here that we... Um, work primarily with local agencies, local community groups, uh, because they really are the ones who will make this sustainable. If we go in and drill the boreholes and fit them with hand pumps or any other type of pumps and leave, uh, those are not going to be sustainable because the people no. see that as a gift to them, and so there's that dependence. They don't take care of it. And we try to break that by working with the people themselves. So we take a lot of time now, let's, to teach. You know, let's start out from your first, when you, when you and your organization, LifeWater International, yes. when you want to get a hold of an area in whichever country, who do you contact first? Yeah, an important thing to know about us is that we never do the work uh, on our own, but rather our focus is equipping in-country partner organizations to serve their own people. Now, which organizations? In-country. So say, uh, say we're working in an area in Uganda. Uh-huh. Uh, we go to Uganda uh, most times on invitation by groups there. 
Now, who who are the groups? Those groups could be uh, church-based groups. They could be local non-profits. They could be they they basically have people that are concerned about the water needs in their. Now, is that the country. local government too? The local. We work with local we, governments, but not entirely. We, in most cases, will work with non-profits. Okay, and those are are those religious groups. Uh, primarily, yes. Yes, I was going to say they've because uh, there's been so much of that. Uh, yes. And it's primarily because our uh, that's our that's our ethos too. We are a Christian organization. Uh-huh. We were started uh, by a gentleman, uh, Bill Ash, back in the 1970s. What's his name? Bill Ash. Bill Ash. Yes, and Bill and the vision uh, in starting this organization to give opportunities to Christians, both in the in the United States and other countries, mm-hmm. to do good. Mm-hmm. Across the world, he was a water engineer himself. He had a water uh, pump business in Southern California, and so he thought one way of giving back to the rest of the world is right. is to bring together uh, friends and well wishes, and together they can try and address. Yeah, T, I've got to ask you, and I know a lot of listeners will wonder when they're listening. With you being in your organization, Life Water International, what are you thinking today with the water crisis in California? You know, we don't uh, work with uh, local needs in the country because um, in many cases where we focus our attention is places where that is not available at all. The water is not available at all. But they're Uh, finding in California they shut it off. It's true. However, the, the the issues in California are probably different because they are. Oh, they're different, but they're very serious crisis issues. Yes, and because we haven't really studied them closely ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, because of our focus, our focus being mainly on the developing world, uh, mm-hmm. I, I would be the wrong person to comment. I'm sure there will be enough people within uh, local nonprofits that work in California that can really give you a better answer. Uh, in terms of our water needs. Well, the reason I was asking, because I know a lot of listeners that would be very supportive of you and your organization, mm-hmm. but also wonder what you're doing to participate in education in the state of California, because they are having such a serious crisis. I mean, they're going to have to burn up all that uh, those fruit trees. They're going to have their, the ground is is decaying, mm-hmm. and the aquifers below are not filling up for the future. Um, there's a um, there's not the f- food costs are going to go sky rising uh, up. Economy is serious, all because of water. And that would be unfortunate. Uh, I think what what I can emphasize here is that the problems you're seeing in California are not uh, unique to California. I think you know if you look across the world in other parts of the world, especially in the developing nations, uh, what we're seeing here is probably the tip of the iceberg. We have a pretty good system in the United States, at least, in protecting our water sources and aquifers and other things like those. Given those are not enough, I think we shouldn't do more. But there are other places where, you know, this is even a bigger problem, uh, primarily because the places are already dry, very dry. Mm-hmm. The systems are not well developed. Where So if, if you think about... Uh, Do you think that could ever happen to California, let's say, 100 or 200 years from now, if they don't take it serious today? I'm Remember sure. Cal- 
so the United States, the North American continent, is never has not been founded that long ago. Yes, I'm sure it will be. Uh, it's a serious problem, and I I know you've done research in that area yourself, and so probably can comment on that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's definitely a, an issue to be concerned about. Now in the, Kenya, uh, did you see recently there was a f- unbelievable uh, 60-minute report on the animal migration? Yes. There, um, and they were talking about how the particular. I don't. I'm sorry, I don't have the notes in front of me, but. The river there is getting shallower. Yes, I you know I come from Kenya, so I I, I follow the stories a little more closely. Plus, I spent uh, yeah, but half, you do. half of my summer. Tell there. us a little bit about what you know on the migration of the animals. It's it's the last place on earth that has that particular type of migration. Tell us a little bit uh, about what you know. I think your listeners will do. Uh, themselves just is to see the nightline feature that you're talking about, or is it the 60 minutes? I'm not exactly sure. It is 60 minutes, last 60 week, minutes. a week yeah, ago. Last week. And it's on the wildebeest uh, migration in uh, mm-hmm. Kenya, and especially in the East Africa region. Mm-hmm. And they have a pattern of migration that follows the water resources. Mm-hmm. Same with uh, several pastoral tribes that live in the lift. You know, we're, we have to take a moment to take, listen to our sponsor, and you, we'll come back and you'll tell us about the tribes and what okay. you've learned, and you probably have seen so much that no one, uh, very few of our listeners have ever seen. Well, uh, we're going to listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Can, can you uh, we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing the eye, your dry eye. We'll be right back with Guilty. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Ken OT, I wanted to tell you uh, the reason I wanted to have a show called The Power of Water is just what you and I are talking about. The planet Earth began with life in the water. And for some reason, they didn't take it, they, it became such a, for granted, it would never go away. And their focus was on everything else, as far as I'm concerned, but the life of, in the water that has to be discovered to save lives in this planet. So in Kenya, what were you learning in some of the tribes that, uh, that are so important 
because uh, this was going on for for how many years was was uh, they were they warned that they this could become a crisis in Kenya? Yeah, and I, I think what what happened uh, in Kenya is not uh, any different from what is happening in different other parts of the world, which is. Um, one river that had a big catchment in an area that uh, uh, really fed this one big river, the Owasso Nero River. And so the river, uh, it, it, and I'm having a little difficulty because there is a little bit of sound problem. If you can talk just a little bit louder, I know okay. you're coming from your side of the world too, but uh, there's a particular river. What's it called? Owasso Nero. Okay. River and Ewaso Nero is found from the Mao uh, escarpments, and the Mao escarpments is more of the the lift valley, one end of the lift valley. Mm-hmm. And this particular area was, you know, carelessly given out and uh, by the government uh, through some corrupt deals in the past, and so different tribes settled this area, or different people settled mm-hmm. in this area, and cut down trees. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And uh, by destroying that natural environment, uh, what happened was the catchment dried up, and so the the river has been drying up slowly, and that affects uh, almost everything else downstream. So when you think about uh, water for the cities, and because this was the main right. feeder for Nairobi. That was taken now, out. when you're dig- when you're digging the wells, and uh, and you, I'm sure you have seen that happen. Are they how how deep do they have to go to get a to get a well? Do you, you know, to- are you talking about the yeah for the for the communities that are now having water shortages because they never planned from the past that this could ever become as serious as it is. Uh, do you have to dig very deep to go find the, to get the water? It depends on where you are. If you're in a, an area that is uh, the water table is not as as far deep, then uh, you get water at uh, almost you know 30 feet to 60 feet, and those mm-hmm. would be the shallow wells we are talking about. Right. But if you are in a in a dry area, that then of course means you're gonna have to go deeper, and it's a little more expensive. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're de- when you're going down, do you find that the water is good water, or you find that sometimes you're getting bad water? Again, in, depending on where you are, you will end up with different types of water. We do a fairly good geological survey using mm-hmm. uh, you know local people, local mm-hmm. experts, and so mm-hmm. we don't just drill a hole. So you really know where what you're going to be finding. Yes, in most cases we are pretty sure before we start digging that we're actually going to get good water. But, you know, uh, one out of ten sometimes mm-hmm. ends up being a, a bad well. Uh, now let's pretend, let's go back in our research lab here in our classroom, and how many years ago do you think this became very cri- a crisis before they noticed in Kenya, for example, or in different countries? How many years passed before they noticed it? Notice what? That that the water depletion was becoming a crisis. Well, I think it's been on for the last about five years that uh, they started noticing that they don't have as much water to feed. uh, Only five years. Primarily, yes. And I think it's uh, it's been excavated excavated by uh, or it's grown faster because of the number of um, 
of people that are settling in the what would have been in the past uh, reserves for the water. Is it because different area. people are settling? Is it possible that a lot of people are losing the water in one area and moving over to another area where there's water, but maybe not as much water? Have they are they moving because of they're losing? They don't have water in one area and move to another one. That might be true, but it's also because uh, part of the protected areas where you could have the reserve mm-hmm. feeds the uh, the rivers and feeds the aquifers. Those mm-hmm. were destroyed. There we go. The aquifers. Yes. Those were uh, systematically destroyed and without very good planning on how to replace them. From way back in time. In other words, long ago, they they didn't plan. Yes. Part of it has been the, the planning has, uh, in many ways, taken a, a very political position and, and with, you know, going in a direction that wasn't really me? concerned about uh, preserving the natural environment. Can you help us, when you just said the word a political situation happened, what do you think was the political about? I'm not going to put you on the spot, but what do you think possibly was the political situation to slow it down? I think in many ways for the Kenyan situation, and again, which I said is not unique at all to many right. countries, is, uh, you know, there is pressure on the land uh, from different points. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are communities that are looking for new places to settle, and uh, yeah. the government feeling the heat of, you know, whatever, uh, wanting to do um, good and sometimes... You mean good for the economy, in other words, to get... And and trying to settle the burgeoning uh, populations and all, they now, decided you... to open certain lands that were initially not supposed to be uh, settled, and so that way uh, the environment is, is depleted. Or they cut down trees. They well, they didn't build any dams. They didn't do anything no to preserve built, the water so... and and let it all go down, sink into the earth, and be gone. Yeah. And uh, not knowing that there there would be not enough rain, enough. Uh, uh, priming the let's say priming the pumps with new water, new rain. So they weren't protecting the future. They were just letting nature take a course without any planning. Yes, and life water, you know, basically works in certain in areas like those in across the world. We in a country, we are in a nine countries, different countries, and in those countries, we are noticing similar situations happening. And yes, now and, what nine countries you, are you in? Well, I can, I can name them out here quickly, but I, we are in Kenya, we are in Ethiopia, we are in uh, Uganda, we are in uh, currently in uh, Ecuador, and uh, we are trying to work in Dominican Republic and several countries in the. Now, which country do you think is having the worst crisis? I wouldn't say almost every country has a different type of crisis. You will okay. find in some places uh, because of the population pressure or because of. Uh, Careless mismanagement of the resources, you mm-hmm. will end up with all sorts of difficulties. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to characterize one above okay. another, but there okay. are certain regions where you can see clearly that uh, you know uh, people are struggling more than others. But mm-hmm. you know, and life water doesn't necessarily say because this country has a bigger need, that's where we're gonna go. Right. Uh, even though we, of course, look at the need, mm-hmm. uh, the primary. Uh, driver for us is to try and do as much as we can in as many places as we can, but mm-hmm. also 
to go deep, where we stay in a country for a, a, a given amount of time, uh, mm-hmm. uh, quite a good amount of time, so that we can help develop the systems of the organization. Now, once you go there and you provide your assistance and support and education and uh, uh, your, let's say, you're investing into your mission to do well for them with a long-term plan, do you always go back and forth quite frequently or have somebody, is there somebody assigned in the villages or in the communities to be able to report to you that they're still taking it serious and they're taking care of, the, of what you've started? Well, as I mentioned, we work with partner organizations in countries. So those yeah. organizations are there to stay, whether we are there or not. But LifeWater's strategy also includes volunteer field trainers. Now, what about our children there? Are you really going? Are you training the children? Let me. I'll come to that question. Let me quickly say something about volunteer field trainers because I think okay. this is one of our very unique uh, programs. Okay. Uh, volunteer field trainers. These are qualified, volunteer trained, and certified by LifeWater mm-hmm. to help train our partners. Mm-hmm. After taking certification courses, field trainers travel in small groups, mm-hmm. often with LifeWater partner staff for three or so weeks in in these countries where we are working, mm-hmm. to help train the partner organizations in the countries uh, in Africa, Now, when you say, the, Latin what, you say the patent, what, 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 what do you call the organization? Partner. Corroborating. Oh, the partners. Yes. The partner organization. Yes. Okay, we only have about one more minute left. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you think you're doing with the children? We have a, a unique program uh, where we train uh, children in schools. We actually train uh-huh. the teachers and train the parents in schools, oh, and yeah. we help them to train the next generation, train the children and mm-hmm. uh, people on. And I, oh, I will, wonderful! I will direct your your listeners to the to our website, yes, uh, uh, hog because we have a specific focus Listeners, on Washington schools. Listeners, he says lifewater, L-I-F-E-W-A-T-E-R dot org, O-R-G. Yes. So um, if people want to learn more and even volunteer and participate to assist, uh, yes. this is enormously a crisis, and you're giving your life and others to your cause of the crisis on this earth is not the dollar bill. It's the water. That is true, and uh, again, if people want to uh, learn more, that would be a good place to go. But the, mm-hmm. the one thing that we think is uh, is really a big investment is focusing on the children, and we are yeah. doing a lot more to help the children uh, learn how to take care of their environments, yeah. learn how to take care of uh, the water that they have access to, and so that it doesn't dry up or it doesn't get contaminated. Well, you know what it is. It's getting serious. We've got to get serious. We need to get a little uh, 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 concerning that the, they're, they're more concerned about all these other uh, uh, environmental issues and the dollar bill issues and the issues. If they don't have the water, they're going to be like other countries of the world. And, and, and long term, they're not going to have the water and it's going to be, a, it's going to be out of control. They've got a plan now. And I think the children help us there much more than uh, we, we, we have acknowledged. I think if we teach a child today how to take care of the environment and take care of their water resources, but We've also how personal, but how personally to take care of their health, uh, especially through water, uh, you have a generation that you've affected. And maybe yes, another, right. And, and the children have a, a wonderful way of touching their Exactly. Uh, their well, I'm so sorry we have to go. 
But you're day. right. The children are the future, and we want this planet to be here for eternity, and it won't be without the water, and you and I know we agree with that. Well, you have a special day. Thank everyone at Life Water International for joining us today and yourself. And uh, we bless you and keep up the hard work. Thank you, and thank you uh, to your listeners. We hope that uh, more will be uh, challenged to participate with us. Thank you. Thank you, and you have a nice day. Bye. Bye. I cannot express to you, listeners, that the power of water on the earth is a crisis. And the reason I chose... Earth has the secret, and if you don't figure it out within a very near future that this Earth is in a situation of a crisis, California, other states in the United States, how did you ever know that such a young North America that you're having an unplanned uh, crisis? And the, the planet cannot survive without the water, and you must discover that life and water can save lives on our Earth. It is serious. You must be drinking eight to ten glasses of water a day. You need good hygiene uh, habits. You need everything provided to you, but it's the water. So let's get serious. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the method of just a mist with the water, tissue culture-grade water, for the eyes, because the eyes are dry and your immunity protection is very important with the eyes. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Alan Smith. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. We've invited Alan Smith, who is the author of Unbreak Your Health, the complete guide to complementary and alternative therapies. Alan, are you with us? I certainly am, Sharon. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. I'm really uh, fascinated with your outlook on Unbreak Your Health. And let's hear a little bit about who you are. And I like this idea that you believe let's get together and uh, make uh, learn more about your proactiveness of unbreaking your health. Uh, tell us a little bit about you, Alan. Well, like uh, so many people, I was a big believer in traditional mainstream medicine and 
unfortunately, I ended, I ended up at the Mayo Clinic a few years ago uh, with my own personal health problems. And after days of testing, they said, we've got good news and bad news. The good news is it won't kill you, but the bad news is you're not going to like it, and there's really nothing we can do about it. Now, what were some of your symptoms? It was digestive problems. I was about okay. a half an inch from living on baby food at that point in my life. Uh-huh. And uh, it's such a very disorienting feeling to be sitting there in the doctor's office and realize that you've run into a brick wall, that there's nothing more that mainstream medicine can do for you. Mm-hmm. Being rather hard-headed, I said, well, that's all well and fine, but I'm not going to live like this the rest of my life, so I'm going to find uh, my answer someplace else. And that's mm-hmm. when I started down the path of complementary and alternative therapies. Good for you. Yeah. And yet, as it turned out, uh, discovered some wonderful therapies, have done amazing things for my health. And Well, now I've, you did say something there that mainstream medical approaches are not going to be uh, the directions that individuals should consider uh, because they're medications. They're, they're practicing the medica, uh, medications and, and symptoms that have been taught to them from other inventors of company uh, of the medical field. In other words, they, they practice what the inventions are. Mm-hmm. Over in alternative medicine, uh, and you can, this is a classroom, so you can, I can kind of network on this. On uh, alternatives, you have different choices that are natural to try to understand your more the symptoms of your health proactively. In other words, you're going to study yourself and learn as much as you can without turning to the medicine yet. If you don't have to, it's better to go alternative. So you found yourselves yourself studying the alternative side. And unfortunately, I waited too long. I, if I had done uh, what I now advocate, as you do, personal responsibility and taking charge of your own health, Hopefully, I wouldn't have ended up in that you know situation in the first place. But mm-hmm. like many people, I waited till there was literally no other choice before I turned to some other options and looked at the different types of complementary alternative therapies that really promote wellness and prevention uh, mm-hmm. as their model instead of just treating symptoms uh, after the fact. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you're, it is, it's good for you to say that on the show today, and it's very important, and I'm sure that your book, um, Break Your Health, um, now, when you chose the title of your book, what was your personal thinking to choose that title? Well, my thought was I wanted something that would stand out and, and be different and be mm-hmm. a little memorable. But the point was that, you know, when our health does break, and it, you know, it's going to as we age, there's no question well, about even it. Well, even that, we're young. You look at all the symptoms in our youth today. Oh, absolutely. It's but, out of control. And, and, and once the health is broken, you know, doctors try and glue you back together with prescription drugs. And they, that's all they know, though, to be fair to them. Absolutely. That's and, what they were taught in school, and that went by the FDA uh, authorities, and, and they became medical practitioners of, of inventions from the pharmaceutical companies that are in the medicine business. Um, and, and unfortunately, consumers are trained to be consumers. Uh, the consumer have. is not, you know, you said a word that was very important, Alan, responsibility. You know, when you're born and you begin the, your life, who are you responsible to first? Yourself. And your life is a miracle. It's Earth's secret. And if a person isn't going to take responsibility to learning what they can every day when they get out of bed, you know, Alan, I've said, I've been studying for 30 years. When the homeless or whoever we are and whatever moment we get out of bed and we plant our feet that day, the responsibility is then and there. Absolutely. And, and you've learned. Now, tell us, tell our audience, what did you learn about some of your digestive problems that gave you some alternative therapies that helped you? 
because I'm going to tell you one. I've been big on studying digestive problems and toxifications because people are not drinking enough water. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, I'm going to ask you, did you find that you were not drinking enough water uh, before you started, decided to get into your own alternative therapies? No, as it turned out, uh, one of the things I learned kind of the hard way was that there are different sources of our health problems. Uh, actually, my physical health was in pretty good shape. My diet was uh, right where it was supposed to be. The water intake was where it was supposed to be. Uh, as I frequently explain, you know, it's, it's like three different people with allergies sitting in the allergist's office. Mm-hmm. And the first one, the source of his health problem is really in his body. Mm-hmm. And then he would need a, a physical therapy like NAET, which is based on chiropractic and uh, mm-hmm. acupressure principles. Okay. But the second person, the source of their health problem, and in my case uh, in particular, the source of my digestive problem was not in my body. It was, in fact, in my subconscious. So I needed a, to find a subconscious therapy, which took me a while to figure out that's what I needed. But, uh, you know, you, you need to match the right type of therapy for the real source of your problem. And Now, I've got to ask you, what happened with your subconscious? I know the audience is thinking that... What happened? <laughs> well, the, uh, I was very fortunate. Less than two weeks after I got back from Mayo, I ran across Bruce Lipton's wonderful book, Biology of Belief. And, Biology of Belief. Uh-huh, which is all about epigenetics, uh, state-of-the-art science that really has shown that the power of our thoughts and feelings changes the functioning of our genes. And that was a message I needed to hear, and from... Bruce, I learned about Rob Williams and a process called Psych-K, which is short for psychological kinesiology, based on applied kinesiology or muscle testing. And it's a way to really communicate with your own subconscious or, you know, a patient's subconscious directly, kind of skipping over the conscious mind filter. So instead of checking to see what I think I believe and what I think I should believe, you really get to the back room uh, and put some light in the shadows and say, okay, what's really going on? And as it turned out, I had some beliefs about my value as a person, as a man, uh, my career and things like that that were in direct contradiction to what my conscious beliefs were. And unfortunately, the subconscious mind being much stronger, it was uh, producing the physical responses that it thought I really wanted. Mm -hmm. And once I discovered that, I said, you know, that's not where I want to go. It's not Mm -hmm. who I think I am. Mm -hmm. And we did some balances and started correcting those beliefs and Lo and behold, things started to get better. And the body now, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, when you were the subconscious of that mm-hmm. thinking, was it what your life, was it so busy and you were expecting a lot of yourself for perfections or you were disappointed because there were things that were uncomfortable that you couldn't, uh, you couldn't um, uh, work on to make it make it for you to feel better? Uh, what, what, what do you think it was? Because a lot of people ha- are having this today. And we're noticing it more than ever in history that the subconscious is tricking us. Oh, absolutely. The and I'll use the word trick. Uh, you'll probably say it differently. But we've got to learn that what we want to make us comfortable may be the trick uh, against what is best for us. And what did you learn from that? Well, I, I discovered the hard way that I had some beliefs about my value as a human being, that it only uh, was, I was only worth what my bank account balance was. And okay. you were expecting a lot from yourself. Very much. And, and as with many men, when you know business isn't so good and, and your dollar value starts to decline, mm-hmm. you start to feel like you aren't worth much. Mm-hmm. And the body was taking the toll. It was trying to force me to make some changes in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And 
It, Can you imagine the people listening today, Alan, that are going through that because of what happened with the economy on the planet? Oh, absolutely. You know, I've had a lot of people that will, I will talk to that have had devastation. They've lost everything they ever worked for, their 401Ks, their insurances, their homes, and they've worked hard all of their lives. They didn't. They never thought about something of this nature happening to, let's call it nature, mm-hmm. happening to the, the, the people in a country, let's just go in America, that have worked so hard with the companies that are working so hard and giving back to their employees. And then all of a sudden, they're caught up in this crisis of, of, uh, of the subconscious tricking us that we can't do it. We can. We can. You know, I've said the freedom that we have every day is our mind and our thought. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to share it with anyone, really. You can, as long as you know that you're working very hard and within yourself with the earth secret of giving to yourself the proactive con- uh, concerns of better health. And something, Alan, we might mention, and if you agree with me, you can st- uh, mention, discuss it. If you're healthy, you can handle almost anything. Oh, you can handle the most disappointing tragedies if you're healthy. Absolutely. And, I mean, we have this wonderful human body, this gift that is so beautifully built to take care of itself and to heal itself. Uh, we're usually the ones getting in the way to prevent it from doing its job. Exactly. It's all in our attitude. Well, and, and you know, people say, well, I have to work, I have to earn money for my family. And I say, that's all well and fine. You do. But your value as a human being your integrity, your character, that doesn't have anything to do with your bank account. I said a no. baby has no, no dollar sign behind it, and yet it's the most precious thing in the world. Your health is vital to you, and it's your, you know, at the end of the show, I always say, Earth is whispering. Leave your footprint. Don't, okay. I always say, Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye. Leave a footprint. And what I mean by that, Alan, is Earth is saying with a whisper, you are so important that your health and everything about you to leave behind is your footprint to teach others on earth how, how important this earth secret is. Absolutely. And you're doing that. Now, we only have a minute left. What would you like to say to your audience that are listening about what, you're, what you've learned? That there is always hope for better health. That Just because the doctors say that there's nothing more that they can do or that you should just learn to live with it, that doesn't mean that there's not something more that can be done. There are hundreds of amazing therapies out there just waiting for them uh, to be found and to help them with their own personal health problems. Right. And in uh, the book, Unbreak Your Health, you can go to the website and, uh, and look it up, unbreakyourhealth.com. So uh, you are a very special person to share this, and I think that's what it's all about on this planet too, Alan, is giving back by your footprint, uh, is giving back with that book, because I think you're going to write some more books. I know it. <laughs> well, Sharon, thank you for having me on. I well, appreciate and it. And bless you, and you have a very nice day. Thank you. Thank you. you. Bye. Well, you did learn today that all the way over into Kenya, there's a lot of crises going on on this planet with the health of our our lives, and we're depending upon this earth, the earth and its what it offers us. And please don't take that for granted. You know, uh, the children of our lives, you've heard on the show many times when I've said, Every child is perfect, and I truly believe that. There is not one imperfect child born, 
we have a, a responsibility to giving that child, that newborn, that toddler, that child, a life on this earth to dream and vision and become a better person. And your health, if you're healthy, you can handle anything. Any of the disappointments in life, you can, you, the obstacles can be solved. And remember, if you have an unhealthy pr- a problem, solve the obstacle yourself. Be responsible and be proactive. I'm back to the water. Drink 8 to 10 glasses of water a day. And because of the swine flu and the problems going on with H1N1, you're hearing them. Be concerning of your health and help others with a better health. Drink 8 to 10 glasses of water. That will detoxify you. Get a good night's sleep. Change your bedding at least once a week. If you think you've been exposed to some problems with the swine flu, change your pillowcases more frequently. But do change your bed once a week. Wash your hands with the sanitizers. You can go to some of the... I went to the dollar store recently, and you can buy sanitizers. I bought them for my whole staff, and a dollar a piece and have sanitizers to carry with you and keep at your desks and in your uh, bathrooms. Uh, use your head, eat right. Uh, there's another one, uh, the, the soups. This is a season for good soups to digest. So think about what you can do to pay it forward for other people to be healthy. I'm going to go back also before we're done today to the California water crisis. I think we all take that serious all over the world, that if it can happen to California, with the prosperity that California has had for so many years, that they would not take serious the future of water and let this crisis happen. There's been governors in the past that made sure there were canals of water. There's been forefathers in California that made sure there were the crops and the water. What has happened that the poor governor right now having to negotiate for the water? I cannot believe it. Let's get behind him. I know that Jewel, uh, who's a singer-songwriter, has gotten behind a cause for safer water to drink called Project Safe Water. We've got organizations all over the world thinking about water. Get behind the governor in California. Get behind Jewel. Get behind the countries of the world that need us. Water is the whole planet and the ecosystem for a better, healthier planet. I want to thank you for listening today because this was a special time. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life, thinking about somebody else's too, every special moment. Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye. Leave your footprint and concern yourselves for the eternity of this planet. I want to thank you for listening. Have a nice day. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.